Welcome everybody to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. You might notice there's a little name change. I took the article in the middle of the title out because it's not the revolution, it's revolution, we need changes. So I took the little the out, Crowdsourcing Revolution, because we have to be working together and sharing our ideas and stories with people that are taking action to make change. Today I want to talk about a little bit about activism generally, the anti-warp protests, labor dispute updates for the mental health care workers and the railroad workers, and a very brief election in 2022 update if we have time. Uh, hopefully we will have Omar joining us. We've got Stoopy with us. Stoopy came to the uh, anti-war protest in Oakland on Saturday that I'm going to talk about in part two. So first part, I just want to give a quick update while folks file in. There has been a tentative agreement for the mental health care workers of, of the National Union of Healthcare Workers and Kaiser Permanente. They've been on strike for 10 weeks. And the tentative agreement, this is what the announcement says. Uh, joint statement by the National Union of Healthcare Workers and Kaiser Permanente on having reached a tentative agreement to end the mental health care strike in Northern California. Kaiser Permanente and NUHW are pleased to jointly announce that in the early hours of October 18th, we reached a tentative agreement for a new contract bringing the 10-week strike by mental health care therapists in Northern California to to a conclusion. The new four-year agreement will benefit patients and drive collaborative efforts aimed at improving access to mental health care while at the same time recognizing and better supporting mental health therapists in their important work. So nearly 2,000 therapists represented by NUHW will participate in a two-day ratification vote starting this evening. And I just moved my page. Starting this evening, after which more details about the agreement will be made available. So this this is a um, tentative agreement, meaning they still need to sign it. I do not know what's in it, and they're not announcing what's in it until after the ratification vote. So finally, some movement. It only took 10 weeks to get to this point. But that's an update on that. As far as the railroad workers, according to Ross, Ross Gruders, who is uh, with the um, railroad, railroad unions, there's like a united unions of the railroad unions. Um, and according to him, the the ballots for the contract tentative agreement for one of the very biggest unions of all the rail unions. It should arrive any day now. Uh, according to his tweet, this is Ross um, Gruder's. This contract changes work rules without specifics. They have not been finalized and will be subject to mandatory binding arbitration. Would you agree to buying a house without completely setting terms? I wouldn't vote no. 
So I think there are there are several union unions that have approved their agreements, but two of the very biggest that have the most number of employees have not. So that's what's happening with the with the railroad workers. And this this coming Saturday in Oakland, there's going to be a solidarity rally. So if you are in the Bay Area, October 22nd, Bay Area Solidarity Rally for Railroad Workers, Defend the Right to Strike, an Injury to One is an Injury to All, Repeal the Anti-Labor Railway Labor Act. This is Saturday, October 22nd, 2022, 3 p.m. at the Port of Oakland Shoreline Park. And if you're in the Bay Area and you're listening to this and it is not yet the 22nd of October, please make plans to come down and add to the number of people that are there showing their solidarity with railroad workers. Because if there's anything that's going to happen regarding a general strike or any mass mobilizations of people, we need to be showing solidarity with union workers, whether or not you are in a union it's important to show up. So that's that's the update section. And now I'm going to turn to the fun part, which I've got Stoopy here for, and maybe Omar will join us. Um, on Saturday, I went down to the federal building in Oakland, California, for an anti-war protest that was um, part of a larger call to action by a group called the United National Anti-War Coalition. And there was probably 75 or 80 people down there on Saturday holding signs and talking about their organizations. The um, Freedom Socialist Party was there. The United Front Com- Committee for a Labor Party was there. The Workers' World Party was there. The Communist Party was there. There were representative. There was a representative, Pierre Labossier, from, um, spoke about Haiti, and um, there was somebody that spoke about Puerto Rico. Um, it was an. It was a really. Well, Stupy, do you want to give your impressions of the? of the event except for the chirping of the crosswalk light it was it was quite quite interesting to hear all those speakers yeah it was really cool to hear from all the different uh, movements i didn't actually know about most of them in the bay area so um yeah it was really exciting and i actually ran into the guys from the uh, what is it? My God, I can't remember all these acronyms. But uh, I think it was the the Communist Youth or Youth Communism Party. That one. Yeah. The guy that had the checkered shirt and the the hat. You know. Um, I actually ran into him at the Jimmy Dore show on Sunday, so it was cool to see oh, those guys. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and the other guy from, uh, I forget the guy with the accent, the one who seemed to be from Eastern Europe or Central Europe. Um, yeah, it was cool to see everybody. And Judy is so active. I was really impressed uh, with what they were able to put together. I think it was like, well, 
forget how many people was it? Oh, well, um, Jeff Mackler said it was 75 or 80. Okay. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I, I, I thought Lemon from Black Alliance for Peace was really good. And, and I really, uh, I recorded most of what he said. Uh, I do want to step back one and just say that in terms of activism, it, it takes so many different forms. I mean, you could have one or two people from Extinction Rebellion throwing soup on a Van Gogh, or you could have, you could have somebody like this guy from St. Paul, uh, his name is Alex Mingus. I don't know if you have had a chance, if you are online at all, you probably have heard this, but this is uh, about two and a half minutes. This is one way to do activism. Come on. Alex Mingus's actions were above and beyond those displayed. Alex Mingus's actions Alex Mingus's actions were above and beyond those displayed by the average everyday citizen. He recognized the sound of gunfire and conscious of the dangerous situation that he found himself in, he still chose to stay in the area. He chose to put himself into a potentially life-threatening situation because he wanted to help. Alex, you displayed great courage during an extremely dangerous situation involving gunfire. Your selfless, selfless actions to follow the vehicle and then assist a bleeding individual without any hesitation is more than admirable. It is my great pleasure to present you with the Chief's Award for Valor in recognition for your heroic efforts. Congratulations. So he goes to put the, a medal around his neck and he's got a He's wearing a shirt now that says, it. smash white supremacy. I, uh, I feel like I, I did what anyone would have done with the little bit of training that they have, that I have. I'm a certified firearms instructor. I work in this high school in Minneapolis. I'm a dad and a husband and a wonderful community member. Um, that day, nine of your squad cars raced past us as I was flagging them down and said in the letter you sent me. And that was a potential of 18 people. 18 people could have stopped to help preserve life. But 18 people chose to go to a potential threat. And I, and I recognized the man had a pistol and we didn't know what he was doing. Um, I do appreciate the recognition but I won't keep this stuff. This will go to my mom, and this will probably go to my son, because I'm very uncomfortable being here with you guys. I do not rock with the police. But I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say these things, and I just want folks to know that they don't keep us safe. We keep us safe. Um, riots work. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, Alex. I can take this one. That was thank that, you. And, Y'all and be safe was, out here. That was it. That was it. And and that was it, it is going viral. If you hadn't yet seen or heard it, 
I, I, I highly recommend you can look him up. Alex, Alex Mingus, like Charles Mingus, the musician, and and go ahead and take a look at that because he took off his nondescript black hoodie and had on underneath it a bright red t-shirt that said smash white supremacy on it. And then he made that speech. It's, it's a small thing, but these are the kinds of things that give other people courage to do stuff. So just because you can't pull thousands of people out into the streets or even 80 people onto a corner at the federal building on a weekend doesn't mean that you can't make a difference. And uh, I, I on-site media is where I got that clip from, just to um, say thank you to. I don't know how that happened. But that brings us to, so what can you do? So here's what's coming up. I want to thank Stoopy for for reminding me that there is a no U.S. invasion of heat, <clears throat> no U.S. invasion of Haiti rally on October 26th in San Francisco at the Federal Building. So if you're in the Bay Area, that's something that you could go to. There's the Solidarity Rally this Saturday at Shoreline Park in, at the Port of Oakland. I also want to draw your attention to the um, American Friends Service Committee. Um, they have a program uh, for community safety beyond policing. And on the 20th, which is Thursday, there's a webinar uh, which is community safety beyond policing, understanding copaganda. And they'll be talking with Palika Mackam from the Eighth Amendment Project and Alec Karakasanas of Civil Rights Corp and uh, American Friends Service Committee, Tori Bateman. That's on Thursday, the 20th, and that's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and the link is, if it's not already, in the show description. I'll put it here in the chat for you, but that's the um, AFC, AFSC, the American Friends Service Committee.org. I'll put the link in the show notes. The, the, the call to action for the United National Anti-War Coalition there are also events still upcoming, and if you want to organize one in your town, you should, because even one person standing on a corner with a sign can bring more knowledge about what's going on. So there's about 20 still upcoming in Los Angeles, in Middletown, Connecticut, Raleigh, North Carolina, Seattle, Washington, Tucson, Arizona. Boston, Brunswick, Maine, Brussels, Buffalo, New York, Corvallis, Horsham, Pennsylvania, Houston, Texas, and LA. Oh, and Atlanta, Georgia on Monday, the 24th of October. Again, you can go and see those. I put the link in the show description for you if you are interested in doing any of that. Um, that's my that's the, that's the majority of the information that I've got for you today. 
Okay, Andrew, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, yeah, those those uh, groups you described at the protest there are very familiar faces. They do all the uh, the regular, you know, um, Friends of Cuba or No Sanctions on Cuba and Venezuela or uh, at other times when there's a specific thing like right now with hands off Haiti, it's always the, the Socialist Liberation Party, the, uh, I can't remember now the other names you mentioned, but yeah, those are always there handing out their uh, newspapers and holding signs. And it's also always at the federal building, or I've also said that uh, for those who are from Seattle, Westlake Square is like, or Westlake Plaza is like always the, uh, the spot for those protests. And yeah, it's good to have them. I think, you know, I, I might have thoughts or questions about how to make them larger, how to connect them to other issues that people who maybe aren't ever paying attention to foreign policy can can uh, you know identify with. But regardless of the size, it's good for those to be there. And I I think um, you know I would like to see more hands off Haiti protests uh, around the U.S. Especially in the South, I feel like um, it would be good for people to try and organize in there. I might try and see if there's something already going on in Mexico City and maybe try and get down there or see if there's something going on near me. Because, uh, yeah, when I went to go get my... Um, uh, when I went to go get my kind of Mexican equivalent of a green card for a temporary... It's called a temporary residency permit. Um, I talked a lot with this other guy who was sitting next to me in line who was from Haiti, and he had lived in Venezuela for a few years, and then he went, I can't remember where he went after that. I think he went to, like, uh, Costa Rica. don't remember. And then now he's in Mexico kind of trying it out, see if he likes it. And so we talked about Haiti. We talked about Venezuela, and I, I actually do want to have him on, uh, on Colin here to talk with us, but he does not speak English, so I might need help from Sele to... Um, to have a chat with him on here, but I'd like to get his his thoughts on, you know, what, what does he think would be effective to stop this latest invasion? Because this would be, I mean, I don't even know how many times the U.S. has invaded Haiti. They've had a permanent presence there for numerous years at a time. They've had, uh, you know, kind of a, a fleet ready to go and bring the Marines in. Um, and they've also intervened with uh, the sort of classic cloak and dagger stuff where they're, you know, overthrowing the president um, because they were going to help labor unions. There was Hillary Clinton opposing, uh, like, what was it, 20 cents an hour, 15 cents an hour raise in the minimum wage in Haiti because her, um, her you know, various uh, centers of money that the Clintons are, are either connected to or directly, you know, actually it's their money. So whether it's their money, their friend's money, or her brother's money, they've got a gold mine. They have a stake in the the textiles industry in Haiti. So, Jeez. yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I don't know if you all are familiar with um, wh what happened after the 2010 earthquake. I know a little bit, but I want to get Chardal up here, and uh, and and I do want to hear more because Haiti is the topic of the moment, and and let's see what Chardal has to say. Please correct me if I'm not pronouncing your name right. Um. So with Haiti, it's really um, it's really uh, uh, devastating that um, U.S. is invading Haiti, which is a poor country. 
I mean, they're pretty poor, you know, they're, they're um, not, they, they're, they don't have good living conditions, you know, um, nothing is going right in the country, you know, things are not going well for, for them, just, you know, they were not always a really, you know, rich country, you know, they're very poor, they have a lot of homelessness going on in, in Haiti. Um, for sure. And it's not a well-developed, it's, I mean, would you agree that Haiti is not a, would you say it's a well-developed country? Or would you say it's kind of underdeveloped the way they're kind of, you know, you know, how the country has been going through with all the, the turmoil that the, 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 the nation is going, has been going through? They've done a great job trying to hold together any kind of society, considering all of the obstacles. But I and, think maybe Andrew knows more than I do. And when I when I read about Haiti, it's really it's really um uh, it's really terrible. It's really scary that people are trying to in get involved in these protests, and then people get shot because you know they're trying to they're trying to get involved in something they're not supposed to get involved with. And then there's shots being fired and then people get, you know, people get fired with, with shots because they're trying to stand, they're trying to support something, but they're, they know that this is not, they're not supposed to support, to get involved with something that they're not supposed to be involved with. And then people get shot, you know, they get attacked, they get, you know, people get, are shot dead. It's just, it's just a whole blood, a bloodbath going on here. I mean. I hear you. Because I just you need to have hands off. You want to stand up for something because it's your country, and you want to stand up for to make your country, you know, better and more, you know, turn into a better country. But you know that you know you're gonna get attacked because you're you're protesting against something that you know that it's gonna be dangerous, and you're risking your life to protest for something that you want to stand up for. Like what's going on? That like what what things are going on in Haiti. Um, so, you know, same thing with me. I like to support my country. You know, I'm patriotic, but you know, I just, sometimes your patriot, 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 patriotism kind of goes, goes off the line. You know, you, you, you abuse, you, you abuse your patriotic, um, freedom. I hear you. Where are you? I'm in Fremont. So, um, um, so you're nearby. Welcome. Yeah, so I just don't know why, and and so and and there's also some serious, um, very uh, serious things going on. Haiti it says nearly eighty five percent of the Haitian people live on five dollars and thirty cents a day or less, and there's severe severe malnutrition among young. There's severe malnutrition among young children is rampant, and the streets are overflowing with un uncollected garbage. Portable water scarce, along with medical care, cholera, which is often spread through contaminated water, has broken out with hundreds of cases reported in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, Charles right. It's never been a very well-developed country ever since it was, you know, and since it fought for its independence from France. Um, Haiti was actually the most profitable, productive colony of the entire French empire. Um, and it was also more profitable than most of the Spanish and British colonies at the time. Um, and so when they fought for independence, I'm sure that a lot of people probably already know this, but it bears repeating um, that when Haiti uh, fought for their independence and won, 
um, they were forced by France to pay a, a debt of reparations, which mostly went to the former slaveholders and also to the French government. And it was such a large sum of money that Haiti was still paying it off well into the 20th century. And they were, they were forced to start paying it after uh, the early, you know, at their revolution, I believe, concluded in 1804 or 1805. Um, so it's, 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 it goes back to that Michael Parenti saying that he coined, which is there are no uh, poor countries. There's on, only the people are poor. They're overexploited. Um, they, so some, they've so, always had resources. They have, you know, textile industries that don't even really exist in the United States, but they don't reap the benefits of their resources or their industries. And another so, uh, thing to look at, um, so, uh, just as far finish. as the history of U.S. interventions oh. in Haiti, is um, let him finish their and then president. we'll get to the charter. Okay, yeah, I will. Their, their president uh, or their prime minister, I can't remember which. I'll flip it because Haiti is going to be on the agenda here at Crowdsourcing Revolution for at least a few episodes. So I'll make sure to grab a clip. Shardle, please share with what you have. On um, so it says Haiti is the second oldest rep republic in the Western Hemisphere after the United States. Though it won independence from, the, from France in 1804, Haiti did not receive U.S. recognition until 1862. Amazing. I mean, really crazy stuff and and again as i said we will be covering this more in depth and and i appreciate you bringing the information shardle because i just started to look into it and thank you to stupi for for making note of it i did put the link i think it's haiti solidarity um is the link for i see that link amanda you should okay, put a so, little, I always put like a title on links I share because they don't show like a thumbnail on call or okay. anything. Yeah, Aristide was basically, he, he pushed a lot of like liberation theology. That was his background as a preacher. And part of that is, you know, pushing for land reform, basic social safety net type of stuff, but from like a Christian position. Mm. So I will post more about Aristide. Yeah, there, there's been numerous interventions to make sure that the U.S. has done to make sure Haiti doesn't have control over its industries, national resources, or even, frankly, its government. And these gangs that the U.S. is claiming to help, you know, that's why they are claiming they want to intervene and send all this military equipment to the Haitian uh, government that's in power. I don't know if people remember Haiti's president was assassinated last year, yeah. and that guy who was assassinated wasn't even really elected, and this, this guy was just kind of appointed by council. So Haiti hasn't had a real government in quite some time. And these gangs that the U.S. is using as an excuse to send in the weaponry and perhaps invade are most likely have their origins in U.S. funding and arm and equip programs. Would you mind putting those links? Maybe we should start a Haiti thread in the Discord, maybe. So I, I have another thing to yeah, share. Yeah, please. So it says, once the wealthiest colony of the Americas, Haiti is now the Western Hemisphere's poorest country, with more than half of its population living below the World Bank's poverty line. Foreign intervention and debt, political instability, and natural disasters have stymied the Caribbean and Caribbean country's development. Yeah, it's pretty hard to develop when you have to spend all your money paying your, paying for your own freedom. I don't know what even to think about that. 
I can't. I don't. I can't believe I know so much about Haiti and I know so much information about the country, though I've never been to it before. I, I'm glad that you do know and you can share. One. I just want to run down real quick. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add about Haiti before so, I start um, to wrap up? So another thing was that Haitian aggression began in the late 1800s when Toussaint Overture, the general in chief of Saint Domingue, invaded Santo Domingo in order to both expand the sphere of control and ex- capture the port of Santo hey. Domingo. Okay. Um, I did. I did post a link to an interview that uh, I saw yesterday with Hermila Aragawi. She interviewed a. A Haitian guy living in uh, Canada as an activist, and he explained a lot of the history really well. It was a uh, was very eye opening. Thank you for posting that. I appreciate that. Andrew, do you have anything else that you'd like to say to wrap up before I just want to quickly run down a couple of little election things? I just posted a couple of links. One is just the general Wikipedia link about Jean-Bertrand Aristide, who was elected in the 1990s and kind of forced to flee the country. And he spent a lot of time in Africa, um, kind of in exile. And he's spoken out about how the U.S. role in his uh, deposition, in his basically the coup that led to him being out of power. Um, this is, you know, I, I guess I, I'm still a little embarrassed. I mixed him up with um, the prime minister of uh, Jamaica, who was also deposed in a similar way for similar reasons. Um, but it's, it's, I'm not so embarrassed because it's so common across Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, the U.S. has pushed back against any type of movement for reform, whether it comes from a more socialist side or what is also the other common strain is liberation theology. I did talk with um, Jonathan on my podcast a couple of months ago about that on the episode The Left and Religion, Part 1. Yeah, Jonathan's family is from um, El Salvador, and they are Christian and really subscribe to that liberation theology model. And so something that struck me, a quote from, uh, from Jonathan from that episode, he said that, uh, uh, well, actually it's a quote from Oscar Romero, who is kind of um, not quite a liberation theologist, but certainly a part of that strain of, of Christianity in El Salvador. He said that he he came as he became to be less conservative later in his life he said that he thought land reform was a theological necessity if you are a christian like to push for land reform he felt was was completely congruent with the scriptures and being against land reform was you know like a scriptural um and so whether you're talking about the more socialist um origins of of a reform movement in jamaica or the more uh, liberation theology origins of our steed. It's like, it doesn't make a difference to the U S they don't want the people to have control of their own resources. They don't want people to fuck with, uh, the United fruit company now known as Chiquita. They don't want people to fuck with Coca-Cola. Uh, they will deploy military and, and paramilitary forces to stop you from doing that. So I'll just keep posting a few more links for people to check out. One I posted was from Democracy Now. They did a report 11 years ago on Haiti, uh, but also specifically about some WikiLeaks files that were released at the time. And I'll just link to WikiLeaks' whole um, page of resources on Haiti for people to read. Thank you. Um, I don't don't mean to have you duplicating efforts, so I don't know um, if the Discord is not being used or whatever. 
um, and for people who are listening to this show later on some other platform other than call in, um, look and look to the show description or go ahead and download the call in app and then you can join us here on the show itself while we're recording. Andrew. Yeah, I, I haven't really been doing much on the discord. I'd really like it if everyone, uh, if you want, first of all, if you are not already on the discord and you want to join to talk about, you know, working on, on, some type of project together. It could be really casual or it could be, you know, joining up with an existing movement for single payer healthcare or anything like that. Um, you can message me and I'll, I'll send you a link to join the discord. But yeah, for now I would love it if people would just, I think about five of us have done it, but if you haven't already, please, uh, do a quick intro. I made an introductions thread. So if you go, if you're already on the discord and you go to click on the hashtag button near the top of the app, uh, go into the threads introductions, just say, you know, introduce yourself, where are you, and what type of political work do you do or are you most interested in doing? Um, and I, I just wanted that to kind of kick us off. But, yeah, we should definitely start a channel about maybe anti-war mobilization in general or and perhaps a specific channel for Haiti or a sub-channel of the anti-war uh, part related to Haiti because I, I definitely think um, if we could even get, you know, five of us standing on a street corner in 10 different cities across the U.S. I mean, that's entirely possible just using call-in. But, yeah, please, I, let's, yep. let's definitely – I don't care duplicating things. That's fine with me. There's some people who are not okay. on the Discord or not interested, so I don't mind reposting. Okay. I just wanted to make – I just wanted to make sure. I really appreciate your graciousness with that and for setting up the Discord server because that is a very helpful thing. Um, all right. So the last thing I just want to say is, is if you haven't already, if you're not voting by mail and you're voting on election day, you've still got a few more days to deal with what you're going to do. Make sure you fill out your sample ballot because it'll make your day a lot easier. If you live in Arkansas, Connecticut, Louisiana, North Dakota, or Vermont, your, your absentee ballot must be received the day before election day to be valid. If you live in Alabama, it has to be received by noon on election day. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, and Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, those all have to be in by the end of election day, close of polls. So bizarre that every state has their own stupid special rules. There are some states, including the state of Texas, the state of Utah, the state of Maryland, where the number of days past the election that your ballot can get in and it's still valid as long as it's postmarked by the 8th. I mean, if you're in Utah, it could be November 22nd that your ballot is actually due. So please go ahead and look at when your deadline is. Usually, I know in California this is the case, and I've seen this is the case in other states, you can fill out your absentee ballot beforehand, and there's lots of drop-off sites around town, usually near a courthouse or city hall or some other place that your county recorder might be stationed in your county. 
Because, you know, federal elections are not run by the federal government. They're run by the counties as divisions of the states in which they are located. So that's my little plug for make sure you vote. Make sure you get your ballot in on time so it counts. And Omar is here just in time, sir. I'd like you to wrap up. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience at the anti-war protest that we did on Saturday? Hey, uh, oh, did you start early? I did, and because Watson's got a show at four, so I wanted to make sure oh. that we had enough time. It's all good. You've got okay. little little short things. They're all good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was um, when you so when you got there talk about like when you first walked up how many people did you see there like tell me yeah, about your experience so people know like what it's like 40 50 people uh there i don't know if that's the same kind of uh estimate that you two gave uh and i was uh so there was just a lineup of speakers that that had a couple of minutes to talk uh and there was a lot of flyers being organizations uh that focused on uh well i guess they focus on a lot of things but that event was specifically anti-war uh and so there was a lot of uh kind of handing out flyers and then telling people about uh specific causes that they were that they were focused on um and it wasn't clear to me like how much each of these uh, organizations are together, like if they're collaborating with each other, or if it's more disjointed. And that was a big question that I had after, during and after, uh, just wondering how uh, disjointed these, these groups are or if they're actually uh, organizing together. Uh, but there were a lot of socialist and communist groups there, and some some tension there <laughs> with uh, with one guy who happened to be there, uh, and Stoopy and I were in some problematic stuff from him, and he had some friction with the organizer Judy. Uh, he was just talking kind of loud, um, but that's not the the main the main uh, takeaway from that. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it, yeah, it seemed like a lot of the information was uh, through emails, uh, through uh, just following the, the flyers. I, I think like I would ideally would like to see like easy ways to con connect with these people if if they had i don't know like what they're what they're working with but yeah I, I can i can see like them kind of uh making it easier to to um connect with people and 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 who are interested in these issues by having maybe qr codes or like a quick way to find them um and what else i just forgot something i was about to say i wanted there was one thing missed, which was uh, the average age was quite. Oh yeah. So yeah, you 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 got yeah you 
you got what I was what I just forgot. Okay. Go yeah. On. There are a lot of uh, gray heads uh, in the crowd. Uh, it was kind of skewed towards, I don't know, maybe late 50s, 60s. Uh, or, or late 50s is, is being kind of generous. I think <laughs> yeah. they were in their 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's my recollection of all the similar uh, protests in Seattle. But I'll, I want to tell you guys a really quick anecdote. Uh, when I went to one of these hands-off Cuba and hands-off Venezuela rallies in 2019, it was all these same, literally different chapters of the same groups that you guys are talking about organizing this one yeah. in, in San Francisco. But they, um, there was this one guy who showed up uh, with his husband. His name's Patrick Haggerty. And he wrote this album in the 70s called Lavender Country. And it's the first uh, gay country album that I'm aware of. And it's actually really fucking good. I just was talking to these guys <laughs> about Cuba and stuff. And other people were walking up and being like, oh, my gosh, it's Patrick. But, they, yeah, all in their 60s or later. And I was like, oh, you're a musician? He was like, yeah, check out my album. And it was really fucking good. <laughs> I might, might post it. Yeah, so I, I think that they need to figure out how to outreach to universities, to younger folks. Um, I think the there was a middle missing there because if you looked at the communist people that were there, they were younger. If you look at the black activist for peace, Lemon, he seems yeah. pretty young. I think there were young people, but they're fewer and further between. And I, I you may not have heard. I appreciate you being here and sharing your experience for sure. Cause I want more people to understand what it's like to go to one of these things. It's not that big of a, you know. Yeah. My partner's mom asked me if I was going to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> And did you? No, no, but some cops did go by and I don't know what they were, if that was just a coincidence or but So this was recorded right by where the for the crosswalk was going off every couple yeah. of minutes. So I'm going to play this recording. This, this clip's about four minutes long. Sisters and brothers and siblings, there is a really important organization, which is sisters and brothers and siblings, there is a really important organization, which is the Black Alliance for Peace, which is holding demonstrations against U.S. Uh, involvement and invasions all over Africa. We have a very special speaker, Levin from the Black Alliance for Peace. And Black Alliance for Peace is an important member of UNAC, which uh, Jeff was just talking about. This one, this is the one. Uh, blessings, everyone. My name is Lemon, he, him pronouns, and I'm a member of Black Alliance for Peace, the area chapter. Uh, there is a I feel called to speak on today. Under the U.S. imperialist capitalist regime, they ensure we never acknowledge this grief. 
so that we cannot heal. We are all, we all have grief rooted so deep that it intertwines beyond tree roots. U.S. imperialism is and has been murdering people all all well to achieve a full spectrum of world domination. These very many people were massacred for the colonization of this land. Lake Mare was a fruitful lake with salmon, frequently visited by bears and moose. Now there are thousands of fish that have been murdered by capitalism. Where are all of the fruit in that tree? We are all connected to the land, and when we listen, she weeps from the times of capitalism and colonization. We are all connected to each other, our siblings across the world in Ghana, Haiti, Tigre, Ukraine. Ukraine, Iran, Puerto Rico, Palestine, Hawaii, the Philippines. They are all begging us to tap in and connect our movements. Acknowledge our collective grief and the strength we hold together. U.S. imperialism and propaganda want us to believe there is no rage. There is a rage inside all oppressed people, whether it is channeled at patriarchy or not. We must channel that rage into creation. Revolution is a form of creation. Creating new ideologies, solidarity, ways of living, new systems, new relationships, we must demand the close of the African Command, the Indo-Pacific Command, and all other military bases the U.S. government has. This October marks the 14th anniversary to the treacherous command structure with bases that are now in dozens of African nations. AFRICOM, the U.S. African Command. We say the brutality, violence, and systemic de degradation the black life, of black life in the colonized zones of the United States against black people is replicated in Africa by the U.S. Global Police, represented by the Pentagon and U.S. Inte intelligence agencies. The campaign on AFRICOM is an integral element of our gener general opposition to U.S. global militarization. The United States has approximately 800 to 1,000 overseas bases and is the number one arms merchant on the planet. Over $150 billion of the people's resources are being spent on U.S. bases in Africa and around the world to police people on behalf of the U.S. corporate and financial elite. The people's resources are being squandered to support imperialist adventures. The imperialist adventures must be seized by the people and used to address the human rights needs of black people and other oppressed people and exploited peoples for housing, healthcare, education, food, and clean water instead of on war on behalf of the capitalist dictatorship. The African peoples who find themselves on the receiving end of the violence are saying to the people of the United States to demand the U.S. withdraw its troops and its money from Africa. It is clear the introduction of AFRICOM has resulted in less security, less democracy, and diminished human rights for African peoples. There is only one way to truly heal, and that is through revolution. In the war on Africa and African people in the U.S. and abroad, stand with the people, oppose war and militarism in every part of the world. Close all U.S. and NATO bases. Thank you for sharing space. Thank you, everybody. Crowdsourcing revolution. We'll be back on Saturday. Please join us then. And we will talk to you later. Have a great day. Thank, many thanks to Andrew and Stoopy and Omar for their contributions today.